Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. By asking God, we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. You see, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from God. And we know this promise in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs, not your wants, all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Pride is often one of the most common causes of situations in our life that we'd rather not deal with. When it comes to relationships with others, it's usually pride that creates a hindrance or stumbling block between family and friends. This is especially the case when it comes to our relationship with God. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us how our reliance upon God is paramount in our lives. In our study, we learned that no matter how self-sufficient we might be, it's important that we look to God for our daily bread. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, How to Pray. Most of the churches, many, shouldn't say most because I don't know the exact figure, many of the Christian churches, wonderful churches for generations, are now mosques. There's nobody in the church. There's just nobody there. And so we know in Western Europe, you'll see all these figures. I'm sure in the Netherlands it'll say you 20% of the people go to church. I don't believe that at all. Because I was in these towns. That might mean they go on Christmas I was in these towns, and I can say to you this morning, I'm sure that in many of the Western countries in Europe, 95% of the people have nothing. Well, how did this happen in Europe? We're powerful ministers. Names you'll recognize, Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon. They taught the Word of God. 5,000 people used to be in, in a Spurgeon's church, the Metropolitan. How, how did this happen? How did Christianity, which is the foundation in Europe, that's where our churches came from, the people that I study... 150 years ago, the commentators were all European. Here's the first thing you want to write down this morning. How did it happen? Here it is. The problem is self-sufficiency. You see, there was no need for God. There was just absolutely no need for God. It isn't that God isn't around or they never think about God. They just believe, well, they have no need for God. The average person living in those countries are doing just fine. Interesting that in this same article, the Pope said recently, 
about the weakening churches in Europe and Australia and the United States, he said there's no longer evidence for a need of God and less of Christ. Could it be that here in the United States, in Brevard County, that we can become so self-sufficient that we don't need God? Could it be this morning that you don't need God? Have you become so independent that you can do life routinely without God? Have you come to punch your religious stamp this morning? And when you're done, you really don't think about God the rest of the week because really you don't need him. You see, this is how it started in England, in Germany, in the Netherlands, in Belgium, in France. You see, once people knew they needed God, they were in the light and they walked with God. But then they became, well, pretty prosperous. And they didn't really need God as much. And God, instead of being in the center and them being in the light, they, they began to walk. And it was in the shadows. Oh, God was there. And they still recognized him, but it wasn't really there. And the next generation, they're living today in darkness. There's no need of it. Now, it seems fine for them because everybody they relate to is in the dark. And the individual they see over here in the light, it's kind of abnormal. Where are you this morning? Could Brevard County become like Western Europe? Could we become so independent of God that we really don't need him anymore? Well, the second half of this tremendous teaching on prayer, Jesus hits it right square on. This second section is about petitioning. We move away from honoring God, and God says, now let me do some things to you. Notice, second is petition, God answering man's requests. So there's a change. The, the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer is in two parts. First part's honoring God. You always put him first. Second, God says, let me take care of you. In verse 11, you can write by verse 11 just these words, God's provision. Now, Jesus gives us an example. We're only going to do verse 11 today, and we'll finish this prayer next week with a third part. Look what Jesus says in verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. We're going to break that down. First word is give. It's okay to ask God for things. Is this amazing? Jesus says... Okay, now that you've honored God, you want his will in your life, you want his kingdom, you realize he's in heaven, you realize he's the one that does everything. Now ask of him. Oh, Pastor Mark, it's okay to ask God for things? Absolutely. You want to ask big? In fact, the Bible says we don't have because we don't ask. By asking God, we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. You see, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from God. And we know this promise in Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs, not your wants, all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Think of our lives this morning. They're filled 
with the goodness of God. Everything you and I have comes from God. Now, there's a verse in Deuteronomy 8.18 It says this. Listen closely. But remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You see, Europe doesn't get that. They're affluent. They have all they need. They don't recognize that God is a part of it. But see, when you think about that, God is a part of everything. Everything we have came from God, comes from God today. You say, well, not really. I'm very sufficient. I have my 403B and I have my accounts and I have my, and, and and I'm perfectly fine. No, 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 no. All of that came from God. He gave you the ability to get wealth. And you'll see later how our country may be going the same way because the more affluent we become, the less dependent we are on God. I talked to somebody recently, and in one 24-hour period, everything they depended on in life, in the normal things of life, was gone. Was gone like that. Well, it couldn't happen to me, Pastor Mark. (laughs) A year ago, it happened to lots of people in our communities. Now, the second thing that you need to think about is us. Jesus says, give us. What does us mean? It means unified. It means full body. We have to think about the body of Christ, not just you. But what does that simply mean? It means this. We're all equally dependent on God. There isn't one person in this room. This is what I like about Calvary Chapel here. We have every kind of age group young, old. We have every kind of income group from the minimum wage to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that you earn. We have every kind of uh, ethnicity. We have people from all over the world, all walks of life, all kinds of background, educated, uneducated, PhDs, doctors, all the way down to whatever. Hadn't even finished high school. You're working on your GED. Get it, man. Get it. Good job. But we're all the same. We're all exactly the same. You know, I I know that because I worked in hospitals many years. And when you go into an operating room and you're under that little gown, uh, we're all the same. You're not worried about your makeup that morning at all. You're not seeing if your abs show. You're on a table getting ready to have surgery and you're stark naked. And we're all the same, man and woman. But see, we're all the same this morning. That's why he says, give us. You might be sitting next to a multimillionaire or somebody that has a PhD and and you're still trying to learn to spell. You're the same. We're 100% dependent on God. Oh, not me, Pastor Mark. Careful. Careful. Yes, you are. And so am I. So everybody, that's why we're together. That's why God makes us a family. There's not one better than the other. And you'll see a verse toward that at the end. Next, bread. Jesus has given us today our daily bread. Do you know, Jesus was not into the Atkins diet. He's not a low-carb guy. By the way, in case you know, the Atkins company has just filed bankruptcy. They didn't have enough bread. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. That was free. That was free. What does bread mean? See, to us, bread means food. But that's not the original meaning. And if you get this, you understand the Lord's Prayer. If you relate it only to food, you miss it. So here's the definition. Look, what does bread mean? Here it is. Bread means everything necessary for life. It just didn't mean food 
or bread or fish or rice. Everything necessary for life. Spiritual, physical, and emotional. Absolutely everything I need comes from God. I'm dependent on him. And I need to acknowledge that. That simply, I'm dependent on the giver of all things. So God wants to meet our needs for Well, for food and for water and for health and for home and family and the will of God and the direction of God. At the end of the service, we're going to ask God for bread. I don't know what you need in your life this morning, but you need something. There rarely is a service that goes by where an individual doesn't come down at the end of the service and ask me to pray for their marriage. Separation. Disaster. Many of you go to the back and you should and be prayed for and anointed with oil. Because of a sickness. There's financial needs. Some of you need direction this week. Some of you need forgiveness. Your home is a total disaster. Your child has left. You don't know what to do. The custody battles. All these kind of things. I don't know what you need. Some of you have a bill due on Tuesday and you don't know how you're going to make it. Well, Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. God wants us. This petition acknowledges that we're dependent on God Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Some of you walked in this morning without hope. You don't see any hope in the situation. Well, we can't live without hope. God is the God of all hope. And so you need to ask him when you leave this morning, God, I need a good dose of hope. He'll give it to you. He's the giver of all things. You see, when we think of God, most of us at best think of him helping us in the spiritual area. We don't think of him helping us in the emotional area. And certainly in affluent America, as Western Europe, we don't think of him helping us in the financial area with just stuff in our homes. But God is interested in every aspect. So bread is much broader. Give us today our daily bread. What does daily mean? Well, in those days, it was actually divided into two areas. Daily was the current day. And also the the following day. You see, daily started for the Jewish people. The day started at really at 6 p.m. and and moved forward. Let me share with you how that worked. It would be like this, Lord, when I go to sleep tonight, I want to rest in the fact that I know tomorrow is already provided for. You see, in the first century, unlike today, most of you, and myself included, we, we get our, our pay, our paycheck uh, weekly or bi-weekly or twice a month. Well, in those times, the wages were paid daily. So they related to that daily. In fact, if you understand today, much of the world still lives from hand to mouth. It's a daily thing. So what is, what is Jesus saying? He says, notice he doesn't say in this prayer. I can believe Peter would probably say this. Peter would say, give us today our daily bread. Probably Peter got Jesus on the side. Hey, we don't want to bother God. What, what if we pray like this? Let's just get one of us to pray. Uh, give us this month our daily bread. Then I don't have to bother God and God doesn't have to bother me. No, that's not what God wants. It's daily. Why? Because daily is daily. Tomorrow I have to learn to trust him. Now, for us, that's a hard thing to comprehend. Daily supply. Let's just talk about food this morning. Daily supply of food. How many have more than a daily supply of food at home? Can anybody remember 30, 40 years ago when you went into a supermarket and their frozen food section was about this big? 
And the only thing you had in there was like Swanson TV dinners. Remember those days? And of course, that ruined our families because now we sat down with them things on that aluminum plate that tastes like cardboard, and we put them in there and watched TV together. We never talked again in our marriages. Remember? Well, so it's hard for us today because when we go to the grocery store today, half the grocery store is filled with frozen stuff. And so we, we're, we're kind of like, give us today our daily bread. My pantry's full. I got enough food for months. God, I'm not really dependent on you for food. God had a great sense of humor last year. It was about this time. You remember your freezers? You remember the Haagen-Dazs chocolate nut ice cream? When you came home, the only thing you found on the floor was some chocolates and some nuts. It had all melted. Yeah, God has a funny sense of humor, doesn't he? You see, we don't need God because we have freezers or freeze-dried food. But that's not what God was trying to say. He's not interested in us calling on him once a month. Nothing wrong with storage. Nothing wrong with freezers. Nothing wrong with storing that and planning it. But it's the concept of saying to God, I want to talk to you today. And God says, I want to talk to you today. I want to provide for you today. Write this down. Since God is our Heavenly Father... He's interested in the smallest details of our lives. I talked to my daughter this weekend and her and my son-in-law are planning to remodel their home some and and put a sprinkler system in and back porch on and just different stuff like that. And she was saying, you know, where should we get ideas and whatever? And I said, well, you go to the church. They go to Calvary Chapel there in Denver and and, uh, see if there's a realtor there. Ask him to come out, tell you what's the best value for redoing your home if you're going to sell it and all those kind of things. And find a sprinkler, see if somebody's honest to do that for your home. And you say, well, and then I said, you have to pray about it. What? Are you kidding me, Pastor Mark? The God's interested in us getting the right sprinkler guy to do our yard? Well, sure he is. You mean he's interested in a landscaper that can do it reasonably and fairly for a good price? Well, absolutely. Whose money are you paying to that person? God's. So don't. Don't limit God. He wants us to ask about everything. Well, I don't need to ask about everything. I can see what the neighborhood does. I can know what this does. And I can take this and divide it by two, take the square root, put it in, and I got my own answer. No! Ask God in the smallest details of life. He says, ask today. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. Give me insight. I know that God's interested in the smallest details of life. Jesus proved it. The first miracle, turn water into wine. Small thing. Unless you're the bride and groom. Big thing. Water into wine. Had to be God. Keep your finger right there. Turn to the book of Exodus. Second book in the Bible. Exodus chapter 16. God wants to provide for us. He's interested. Get this idea. In pharmacy, we had Latin terms. QD. Every day. QD. Just get it on your mind. QD. He wants to relate to us every day. And so not only am I acknowledging who he is every day, but I'm asking for things every day. Of course, in his will. Of course, in expanding his kingdom. In Exodus chapter 16, let me bring you up to speed. The children of Israel were in Egypt. They were in bondage 400 years. They grew to be about a million people, maybe more. God picked Moses from the back of the desert, brought him in. You know the story. 
They were freed. They left Egypt with all kind of gold and lots of food supplies. They went through the Red Sea, parted by them. God just supernaturally opened it. They went through. They're in about the second month. They're roaming the deserts on their way to the promised land. We pick it up in, in verse 1. Let's read. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, what would they be grumbling about when they see all these miracles that had happened? We'll hear what happened. See, they were now running out of food after two months. All that they'd taken with them, they were getting down to the bottom of the barrel. Some of, you day, some of you remember those days when you'd have hot dogs and beans or whatever. And then the hot dogs are gone, you just had the beans. Some of you can remember those days. Well, this is what was happening. So the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, then we sat there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you, Moses, you, Aaron, and you, God, have brought us out in this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Isn't that amazing? Here they are, and they're saying, God, you're going to kill us. We'd, we'd rather be back in prison with three squares a day than out here. Well, in, instead of asking God for help, they complain. I, I'm sure I've never done that. And I know you haven't. You see, they should have said, God, we know you supernaturally freed us. We know you brought us through the Red Sea. That's incredible. God, uh, we're getting a little hungry. But no, they complain. We'd rather go back. Amazing to me, God had already supernaturally did all this. Is God going to bring them on the way to the promised land and say to them, okay, starve to death? Well, no, he's not. He hasn't abandoned you this morning. That's the lies of Satan. Now, they have to understand that they can gripe, they can complain, but they're totally dependent on God. Without God's provision, they will die. Do you know this morning, without God's provision, you'll die? Oh, not me. I've got it all stored up. Watch this. Your next breath is controlled by God. He's, no, it isn't. It's controlled by me. Oh, you're wrong, my friend. Because one day you'll breathe your last, and it's not your choice. He's the giver of life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. You see, there was no 7-Elevens. There was no Publix. There's no Walmart. They couldn't do anything in sand. They were 100% dependent on God. Do you know you're 100% dependent on God this morning? Oh, not me. Yes, you. Now, work comes into it, but you're dependent. No, I've got it all stored up. So did the rich man with the barns. God said to him one day, Okay, foolish man, today everything will be gone. Many of us have gone through seasons of ups and downs in our walk with the Lord. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reflected on how often it is self-sufficiency that causes us to drift. In our study, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of maintaining reliance upon God rather than our own strength and wisdom. Just as we learn from Christ, we must look to our Father to give us our daily bread. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will demonstrate to us just how dependent we are upon our Father in Heaven. In our study, Pastor Mark will help us to recognize the blessings in our lives and just where it is that they come from. From the breath in our lungs to the daily needs of life, we'll learn that each and every part of our life is in the hands of God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. i